0: Hello and welcome to Episode 7 of McDuffie Minute, the podcast that brings you important information from the governments of McDuffie County, Thompson, Deering,
1: the school system, and all points between. I'm one of your hosts, Christopher Wells. And I'm Jason Smith. Today we're featuring the McDuffie County's Cooperative Extension Service. We're here with Coordinator Allison Eden and Agriculture and Natural Resources Agent Sarah Cranston. They've got a whole bunch of stuff coming up on things like Alzheimer's meetings and on the natural resources side of things, so to speak. So we're going to be talking to them. Now, for people who don't know, not familiar, uh, tell me in general what y'all's office does.
2: So basically what UGA Extension is, is we are just that. We are an extension of UGA. Uh, UGA is Grant University of Georgia. And so what that means is that it was built for the people of georgia so we are the extension we take all the research base um based science from uga and extend it out to the public uh you can find our offices in all 159 counties in georgia and our job is to just get that wonderful research out to the community through family and uh, consumer sciences which is one of my areas 4-H, which is one of my areas, and Agricultural and Natural Resources, which is one of Sarah's areas.
1: Now, I know one thing you've got coming up is uh, some local meetings about Alzheimer's. I know that's one of your focuses this year, and that's one of the things I know Archway, the Archway program we have in the community, has been working with, too. Tell us a little bit about that, when the meetings are, and what the goals of those meetings are.
2: Absolutely. So, what... We are focusing on is brain health and um, dementia education here in McDuffie County. We are one of the pilot programs in the state, and we are very lucky that we were chosen for that, which is great. Um, UGA has a care center, and what that is is uh, the Cognitive Aging Research and Education Center. It's a clinical research and outreach space where they deliver education on dementia, risk reduction, conduct Um, cutting-edge research and provide planning and support for persons with dementia and their care partners. Um, They've teamed up with Thompson-McDuffie County, along with the Alzheimer's Association, UGA's Archway Partnership, and us, UGA Extension, to hold a series of educational seminars for those who are concerned with or caring for family and loved ones with Alzheimer's or uh, related dementia. Uh, this month we had one, we had a program, it was held January 18th and we are, or the care center talked about dementia prevention. We're having two more. Uh, the second one is dementia signs and symptoms. We're going to hold that Wednesday, February 15th from 12 to one at the depot. And the next one after that will be uh, March 15th is going to be care partner support. And that's from 12 to one. We encourage any and all to come. We're just asking that Anyone who wants to come, just call our office at 706-595-1815, just to RSVP to kind of say, hey, I want to come, so we can have a head count for lunches. Sure. Everything is free. UGA will come. uh, Well, the care center will come down. Alzheimer's Association is actually going to be talking in the February um, seminar, so that'll be great. Um, It's just, we just want to get the word out. Um, And
1: these aren't specifically targeted to medical professionals or families that already have someone that they're dealing with alzheimer's with it's to anyone who may have an interest in the subject or concern or or wants to learn more moving forward
2: that is correct and actually i did have um a lady from the community come up to me and said that she wanted to be a part of it but she was told that it would be scary and um that she would have nightmares if she learned about it and i said no ma'am that's not what this is about we are not medical professionals sure. um we're just trying to get the word out there and this is not something scary we want to invite anybody and everybody um if you think you might know somebody if you think that it might be um something that might affect you or your family down the road or if not if you are just wanting to learn a little bit more about it we just encourage you to come that's
1: great that's great
0: yeah i i do want to say this uh, very personal issue for me. My father has Alzheimer's and, uh, I knew when we started that journey, um, we thought we knew a lot and there is a large information gap out there about what you think, you know, and what actually is true. So, um, I want to thank you Thank you guys for doing this. And, uh, and hopefully we can get the word out there and, uh, and let other people know who might be struggling with this to uh, come to these meetings.
2: Exactly, and you know we had a good turnout. We had around thirty people, but we want to have more. Sure, because the more the word is out there, and the more people are informed, it won't be so scary.
1: Well, it also helps so. them build individual support groups. Mm-hmm. You know, if you make a connection with somebody else that means is going through the same thing, that's always a good, you know, support system on the back end that right. you just talk somebody that maybe you feel a little more comfortable with. That's it, great.
2: Exactly right.
1: That's great. Now, Sarah, on your end of the world, there's natural resources dirt Mm -hmm. gardens that kind of thing talk to us a little bit about what you offer on that end some of the services you provide and i know you've got a, a class coming up we'll talk about in a minute
3: yes so anything outside is kind of my area it kind of runs the gambit so i can go do site visits so that can include homeowners or if a farmer's having issues like if he's having Um, problems with weeds in his pasture, I can come out and identify them and give him a plan of how to manage those weeds and get those down. So then the grasses that you're wanting to grow actually is growing and out competing the weeds with homeowners. A lot of times what I go out to see is the plants dying. Can you help me with that? So I do lots of site visits and people come in our office like they have something wrong with like their plant or something like that. And they're like, what's wrong with this? Or can you identify it? I also offer a bunch of programs with horticulture, my backgrounds in horticulture. So I do a lot of gardening and landscape classes. Uh, We've got some of those actually coming up. Um, And we also do, um, I've done a pollinators. Pollinators are a big I think a big topic recently, I'm going to do another pollinator class so people kind of understand that it's more than just bees. There's actually flies are actually pollinators as well. There's a lot of different things people don't realize, so I do a lot of um, different classes for anything outside, and I'm always looking for what people are interested in, so I base my classes on what calls I get or site visits that I do all the classes are based on what the community needs or wants. So I'm all for contacting me and saying, hey, I would love a class on what plants, what native plants grow well here. So I would could do a class like that. So everything that I do, I try to base it on what the McDuffie community needs because that's why we're here. We're here to help y'all.
1: So I know one of the things that's come up over the years is how not to murder your crepe myrtles. Can you address Uh, that? Yes,
3: the infamous, a lot of people call it crepe murder. I'm pretty sure it was in um, Better Homes and Garden about crepe murder. People always like to whack their crepe myrtles all the way back. They're kind of like a weed and they'll come back from that. That's not ideally what you want to do. You just want to prune off. Certain branches, and you don't want to whack them all the way back. A lot of people want the more natural look, and to get that, you're not going to cut your crepe myrtles all the way back. It's minor pruning, not crepe murder, where you basically cut it down to just the stubs, and then it starts flushing back out.
1: Yeah, it's almost like you make the tree mad; it comes back with it.
3: Oh yes, it, it it does, and then it, ha- it sprouts out little baby ones too at the bottom as a little sucker. So yes, they do. I have yes. those. Mm-hmm.
0: I do want to ask them. Um, what kind of, uh, cooperation do you guys have with the school system? Do you, I know we have agriculture in middle school and high school here. Um, just from my perspective, what, what kind of, uh, things do you do with the school system?
3: So we actually, or I went into the high school for the, the ag teacher and I did a class on pollinators, uh, for them to get an idea of what the pollinators are. And, um, we then went outside to do what's called the great georgia pollinator census in august where everybody in georgia goes out and counts pollinators on a plant for i think 10 or 15 minutes so we went outside and did that Uh, and also last year we actually did a big collaboration with the high school for all different types of agricultural uh, and natural resources offices that are jobs that are available for students so people Allison had a conversation when we were at the cannery that a kid was like, yeah, I love agriculture, but there's no job. So that gave her a great idea that we need to get in the school and be like, there's actually many different opportunities just in McDuffie County for kids to be able to incorporate ag- agriculture in their careers.
0: Right. I mean, there's a lot of ag- uh, agriculture in McDuffie County yes. that people may, well, we know about the big ones, you know, Mac- McCorkle's McCorkle and Dudley and, mm-hmm. and, Dudley and uh, even... Uh, the dairy out Mm -hmm. in Daring Hillcrest. So um, there are really lots of opportunities for for kids to to grow up and get into that uh, as a career.
3: Yep. And there's the NRCS, so Natural Resources Conservation Services is here too. Um, Georgia uh, Soil and Water Conservation. So there's a lot more than kids actually realize. And we were trying to emphasize, it's not just one sole thing. There's agriculture spans a wide variety of different areas so we wanted to kind of let them know that it's actually pretty broad. I will say too that
2: 4-H is in the school systems too and we have, well we we don't have to, we um, Mm -hmm. offer programming to fifth grade and that is face-to-face. We go in and offer um, standards-based programming um, to those students and we also deliver it to Briarwood which is great. Sarah and I have Um, developed a relationship with uh, um, some of the teachers at the high school and we've um, come up with a program called life which is learning important fundamentals through extension and that's with the special education classroom Um, we wanted to do since i'm 4-h and i'm family and consumer science and she's ag we just want to incorporate everything and give our all to those students that might not have gotten it, Um, you know, 4-H, well, our office sat vacant, this position sat vacant for a few years before I walked into it, and it just kind of died off, and then as soon as I came in, COVID hit, and Sarah came in during COVID, and so we we got shut down again, and um, essentially are having to rebuild, and it's taken some time, and that's fine, Um, I think People are finally figuring out, hey, you know, 4-H is in the schools and 4-H is there. But like Sarah said, our job is is to serve the community. And we develop programming on community needs. Um, and if we don't know those needs, then we can't offer the programs. Sure. So we love to encourage people that, hey, you know, we've actually had some individuals come to us about homesteading. Um, being the family consumer science, we can talk to um, – people about how to can properly and um, home preservation and food preservation. You know, it can it can literally go from farm to table in our office. So the easy way we tell people is 4-H deals with youth, family consumer science deals with things in the home, and agriculture and natural resources deals with things outside of the home.
0: Yeah, thank you for talking about that uh, and Hopefully, you know through this, maybe you guys can get the word out and yeah. let people know you're you're back with the uh, vengeance. With the
1: vengeance, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah. And uh, and people can contact you for those needs that
0: Absolutely. That, that come
1: up. Right. So I know one of the things that as y'all are coming out of COVID, as you discussed, and you're reestablishing a lot of these programs in the community that you keep on that you want to hear from people, uh, you know, hear how they what natural resource programs they may want hear hear what home programs they may want. How do people contact y'all to let y'all know that
3: right so they can contact us by our phone number that we've given out or uh, we actually have a survey on our website that you can click on and give us some feedback on what programs that you'd like to uh, like to have in the office or i forgot to mention we can also do programs out in the field too so um I try to make my programs as interactive as possible because nobody really likes to have somebody just sit there and listen to somebody talk. I try to make it a little bit more interactive. So if you think it's just going to be somebody sitting there talking to you, don't think that we actually make things a little bit more interactive.
1: So I know got, I've got two I'll talk, ask about specifically. One, you came to our Rotary Club. I'm a member of the local Rotary. Mm-hmm. You talked about soil. Yes. And now, how does that soil program work?
3: So, well, the Rotary Club just asked me to come and talk about a topic. She was um, really into gardening, and I only had a short period of time, so we kind of had to narrow it down to a certain topic. And soil is kind of vital. If your soil is not where it needs to be, your plants aren't going to grow. So I thought it was important to kind of go over soil, um, everything, well, not everything about soil, but brief topics on the soil to make people understand that without your soil being where it needs to be, good luck getting your flowers or your vegetable (laughs) sterile.
1: And y'all have kits available for people to test their soil if need be.
3: Yes, that's correct. And we always recommend there's no bad time to test your soil. Uh, It's $10 a sample, and we have sample bags. And also, if you wanted to borrow one of our... um, Soil probes, we have those that you can check out or it's really easy. You can use just a shovel or a hand trowel as well. You just go around if, for example, your yard, you just do like a zigzag pattern going about um, four to six inches down, get the soil, put it in a bucket, mix that sample up. So you can get a good representation of what your soil actually is. Put it in a bag. We send it off to the lab. And then within seven to ten business days, you get your results that show you uh, what amendments you need to add to your soil for whatever you're growing. So... If you're trying to grow uh, blueberries, you're going to want a more acidic soil. So, And then if you're actually trying to get your grass to grow that's like centipede, it's going to need a higher pH. So depending on what you're growing, the results will be specific to what you're trying to grow.
2: Very cool. Very mm-hmm. cool. And also, I will say that our office can test for well water yes. and pond water as mm-hmm. well. We get a lot of calls on that. And Sarah's great about <laughs> Being able to direct people with which um, test they need to do, so we we collect those samples, we send them off to a lab, mm-hmm. and um, get those results back and send those out yes. as well. So mm-hmm. that's um, a service.
3: Yes, and we also do forage sampling too. So if you're kind okay. of can. So what is forage sampling? Forage, am, forage I'm a complete, okay. Forage oh, sampling is whatever the um, basically the grasses that you're livestock is eating on. So your forage is either if it's the hay that they're eating or um, like actually in the pasture when it's still alive. So forages is basically your hay. So you can have um, grass hay. You can also have legume hay and all of those are going to be different with their nutrients. So forage testing is very important, especially with how expensive everything is. You want to make sure that you have good quality hay or forage and just with hay, just because it looks good does not mean the quality of the hay is great, and just because it doesn't look great doesn't mean the quality isn't really good. So it's always important to test your forages.
1: See, I have no livestock, that's why I had no. Yeah, idea. Right. It makes sense now. Okay. But,
0: yeah. Speaking of which, though, um, have you guys seen an uptick in in questions about uh, people growing their own food lately because of the cost? Uh,
3: yes, I get quite a few calls about gardening when's the best time to start planting, what grows here, Um, why is this not growing, my tomatoes have a cat face on them, what's causing the issue. So, yes, definitely.
1: The Master Gardener program runs through y'all too, or is that?
3: Yes, it does. So, not every county has a Master Gardener's program, but Richmond County and Columbia County both have um, the Master Gardener's program.
1: That's one of those things I've heard over my life that I'll never attain. And I get that, but I just, I know I've heard it.
3: I don't, I have a, I have a
2: brown thumb. I don't
3: even have have thumbs
1: anymore. I don't think, I think I'm past that. Yeah. The
3: master gardeners program, actually you train people with pretty much all aspects of gardening and landscaping and stuff like that. And then they actually are kind of, sort of a subset of us too because they actually help go out to the community and also help us teach classes on landscaping and gardening and stuff like that
1: yeah my father had a green thumb but Mm -hmm. he loved native plants and that kind Mm -hmm. of thing he certainly did not pass that to me it's not not even not even close i got a lot from him but that's not what
2: (laughs) i was gonna say sarah's really great at identifying if somebody brings in plants that they think are believed to be diseased she um is great about being able to identify, and if she's not, we have a wonderful specialists at the university level that we can send mm-hmm. those pictures or samples to that can identify that as well. Um, we've seen an uptick in that here recently too, and so Sarah's great at being able to do that as well. So I have to toot her own horn. She won't do it for herself.
3: I, I will also say if you are going to bring me a sample, make sure it's more than just one leaf bring me, you don't have to bring me the entire plant, but like a branch that actually has multiple leaves on it because it's kind of difficult to identify um, certain plants with just one leaf. Some things are just completely identifiable with one leaf, but it's better to bring more than just one leaf. Gotcha. Yes.
0: I noticed that you guys have uh, some egg candling classes. I don't know anything about that. Can you explain that? And apparently, those classes fill up quickly. Yes. I hear. So, mm-hmm. just tell us about what those are.
3: So, egg handling classes for you to be able to sell eggs. You have in Georgia, you have to have an egg handling license. So, if you're selling your eggs without an egg handling license, that's actually a big no-no. The Georgia Department of Ag actually does the classes. So, what it does is it allows people to grade the eggs. If it's an A, a double A a B or C, and then also be able to tell if there's anything wrong with the egg. So if it has any cracks, any micro cracks, if it's spoiled, it allows people to make sure that when they're selling those eggs, when people buy those eggs, they're, they're not going to get sick from getting those eggs. So the egg healing license, um, lasts once you get it, you don't have to get it renewed or anything like that. So once you get it, you've got it for life. Right. Um, and, The classes do fill up very quickly, and especially now with eggs being extremely expensive. I think that it might even get more popular. So we have three different classes that is the 16th of February, one from 8 to 10, one from 10 to 12, and then another one from 2 to 4. So everybody comes in, the Georgia Department of Ag explains everything, and then they get tested, and then they also do actual egg handling to make sure that they understand the process.
0: So if uh, those are not full and somebody would want to get into that, how would they do that?
3: They need to contact Tina Maples at uh, tina.maples at agr.gov. They can also uh, contact us by looking at our Facebook page or our website, and all the information is there as well. Or they can call our office at 706-595-1815.
1: Perfect. Thank you. Mm-hmm. And tell us what your website is. I don't think we've covered that yet.
3: Um, you should just be able to Google UGA Extension McDuffie County, and it pulls up.
1: And I know, like, your website is a great place for people to go to uh, learn about the upcoming activities you've got. I know. In the coming months, it's going to turn real busy for y'all and, you know, everything from whatever local courses to new initiatives you're going to be offering. So that website, if you can Google it and find it, and, you know, that's a great place just to keep up with everything you got going. I know y'all even offer a newsletter, I get it, that comes to your email box that tells you, you know, here's what we've got going on, here's some other. Uh, resources from across the state that you can access for questions and that sort of thing. So that's, y'all are doing a really good job of getting the word out there as you're emerging from COVID and trying to move forward.
2: Yes. And on that website, you will see, um, that we need volunteers. Um, we're in, we always need volunteers so if you have a love for the community you have a love for um students kids we encourage you to please come into our office located at 337 main street and we tell everybody it's really simple it's just the old courthouse (laughs) or we're in between the methodist church and um the police station we're on the first floor and we're easy to find we have signs everywhere once you get in there um we'll have to do a background check that's just how it goes Um, We even had to do a background check to even um, have our position, but it'll take a few weeks, but we are always in need of those volunteers, and there's no greater way of showing your love for your community in McDuffie County than being a part of it through volunteer.
3: And if you're interested in signing up for that newsletter, you can find it on our website. You can sign up there.
2: Perfect. Perfect.
0: Yep. Thank you guys for coming on the podcast yeah. today. We appreciate it.
3: Thanks for having us. Yeah, yeah, thanks for having
2: us.
0: And thanks to all our listeners for logging on and tuning in. Uh, keep looking for more ways like this uh, we've talked about today to get involved with all the good things happening here in McDuffie County. By doing so, you help make your community a reflection of you.
1: That's a wrap on the seventh episode of the McDuffie Minute. So when you get a chance, take a minute and learn a little about McDuffie County.